Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hello and welcome to episode 411 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm Eric Smolsky, joined by the man himself, the Tom Sawyer Gibson Long to my Huckleberry Finn. It's Mr. Nick Pollock. What is happening? Yes. Oh, man. So I will be underneath the tree as you paint the fence. Thank you so much for doing that for me. Uh, It's great to have you again, Eric. You sound great. Hey, thanks. Uh, You know, somebody told me I needed to up the uh, up the microphone game and uh, we got that taken care of. Oh, yeah. You sound so good. No, this this is the good stuff. Yeah, we talked about it off air. Like, I really feel like I need like a little brandy and like a 10 p.m. little public access radio. <laughs> well, just... you're wearing the robe right now, you know, the full on <laughs> robe. Um, you know, as of course you're in your giant armchair, nice leather one. You feel look very comfortable right now. Thank you. Yeah, it's got yeah. the gold rim on the armchair too on yeah, the of outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks, it looks purple, great, purple Eric. leather or not leather, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but what are we doing today, Eric? Well. We got a doozy today because not only um, has Nick on today's iteration of the list taken the team by team rest of season schedule, which remains in the article. Uh, but what we're going to do today is we are going to go day by day. Yeah. Uh, from here till October 1st, which is the end of the season. Um, Nick has ranked uh, the starting pitchers for each day. We're going to go and talk about not every single pitcher. We're going to talk about some pitchers that stand out to us either as guys that we think uh, would be good streams, guys that maybe are on that questionable line. And Nick and I are going to kind of talk through whether you should or shouldn't. Um, And maybe even some guys that just are surprisingly um, on the do not start side of that day and maybe why. So if you go to the article, you'll see Nick has his rankings, but again, as we talked about last week, don't focus on the numbers, focus on the tiers, the auto start, the probably start, the questionable start, and the do not start um, within those tiers is kind of the most crucial piece of information. So we're going to highlight some uh, names that stand out to us within those 13 tables. Nice. And uh, Eric, I also want you know everybody to, to know how to follow you. That was actually one of the things, uh, last podcast... I didn't reveal inside of the, uh, you know, the tweet who it was because I, was, I just like the hype of like, oh, special announcement, you know, behind this curtain we have the new OTC podcast host. So yeah, it felt very much like the, the Royal Rumble when the clock was ticking down. I there you that. go, exactly, one hundred percent. So yeah, how do people follow you and read your stuff? Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Samsky NYC. Um, and that's where I link out to all my stuff. So my stuff is um, available on NBC Sports or Roto World. Um, but you can, you know, Samsky NYC on Twitter for all my stuff. If you are on Instagram, uh, Samalski underscore sports, 
Um, I started doing a lot of video content. Um, so I do some video stuff for football, but also um, I take some of the video stuff because we use video for um, our NBC Sports Baseball podcast. So, you know, I was talking, should you draft Otani in the first round? That clip's up there, you know, things like that. Um, so check that out if you are a video person, if you want to see what I look like. There you go. Uh, you certainly do. And we're going to talk first about, I guess, Tuesday. We're going to go in. This is, I, don't, I always think about, yeah, we're going to jump straight in. I'm like, ah, it's three and a half minutes, and I don't know. It, but, uh, yeah, so, so as Eric mentioned, if you guys know the daily streaming articles I do, right, today and tomorrow's streamers, this is that for 13 days. And before I say anything else, guys, these are going to be wrong. The schedules, are, I'm sure, are already messed up. Someone's even mentioned that Pepio has been pushed back a day already, and it's just, well, I gave it a go! You know, it's it's going to be all messed up. That's actually actually why I felt it was important to put in the team tables as well. So you can actually understand if Pepeo is going on Thursday, that means, oh, he takes this spot in that uh, rotation. Thus, he would be on this day instead, right? And facing this team. So I hope that information is good for you. I update it again next week. And uh, obviously, for more nuanced takes on this, check out the uh, stream in the morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time on playback.tv slash pitchlist. I answer all questions that are asked. If I don't see it, I ask you to repeat it to make sure that I see it and so I can answer it. Um, and of course, the daily articles that go into more notes about each one. But all right, let's go through Tuesdays. And Eric, is there, you know, I'm not going to make a list all 30 every time. Okay, I feel like that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, anytime, buddy. Um, I appreciate but it. But I... I don't know what on earth I would call the tiers for each of these days. They're just days. So I yeah. mean, did you have an idea? We're gonna for- do so. We're gonna do by day. So I decided okay. we are going to yeah. ignore October first because, frankly, it uh-huh. doesn't fit into what I want to do, and also because <laughs> the season the season ends in September, uh, yeah. and then there's okay. just that one day in October. So I want you to uh, the theme. Mm. I want you to rank each day or explain each day by month. So I want to know, this is how I'm going to get to know you. I want to know, like, if you think it's a juicy day of pitchers, like what month is that to you? Are you an August is like the best month type of person? Or are you a winter person? For you, are you a holiday person? Is a great day of starting pitchers December? You know, all the holidays, all the whatever. Are you a... February sucks because it's the shortest month and nothing goes on. So this, you know, particular Thursday that has five games, that's February. You're just stealing my bits. What is this? You, you got it already. No, I'm just joking. Uh, okay. I, I like this. You know, as you guys know, um, Eric and I know each other, but we don't know know each other. Yeah, we got to get deeper. Now, especially now we, we got, have we these, get there. these microphones that really, you know, <laughs> this, these public access microphones. We got to make use of them. Uh, so we're we're better start, than public access. Okay. That's true. So That's true. We're going to start on Tuesday, the 19th. Okay. Tuesday, the yeah. 19th. Mm. Um, as Nick pointed out, it's full slate of games. There are 30 pitchers on here i will just go the the five in the auto start luis castillo against oakland blake snell against colorado zach gallon against the giants spencer strider against the phillies and you say kikuchi against the yankees um but i want to talk to you about number six in the probably yeah. start you already mentioned ryan pepio yeah. so he came up there was like all this contingent of dodgers young pitchers what is it about Pepio to you that kind of makes him stand out from the, you know, Gavin Stones of the world, let's say? Oh, boy. Yeah, the Gavin Stones of the world. Well, I just to, by the way, before we forget, Tuesday, tomorrow oh, is October. Okay. It is it is October. 
And the reason for October is you don't know if it's going to be a good month or a bad month. It's also it's 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 playoff baseball month. Um, so it's it could be a wonderful time. It could be the most heart wrenching time. It could be too cold, too fast. Mm. It could be just the right amount of that crisp leaf that you want feeling. So nice. Um, I I personally do joke Halloweens. I, I okay. I'm the guy that will show up as a, a New York Nick, or actually I think the greatest Halloween costume I've ever done in my life. My friend uh, is really into Marvel. Omer, I love him. And uh, one of my best friends. And he went all out. Okay. He really was like, I'm going to nail it this time because his his wife is one of my best friends and she really loves costumes. So he's like, he's going to do this for her. So he puts on a duster. He gets the the eye patch. He's Nick Fury. He's killing it. He, he really did amazing things. I show up. All I'm wearing are orange fox ears. And they go, Nick, what are you doing? What is this? Like, no, 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 guys. I'm Nick Furry. (laughs) Clever. That is is how I do October. I don't know if it's good or bad. Okay. So anyway. I like doing stuff like that. I like, you gotta, yeah. Make people think for a second. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, And also I can cop out on a costume. So uh, questionable starts here is massive in this one. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we're talking 14 guys, uh, mm-hmm. inside the question will start to, and you just don't know if this is going to go your way or not. Um, now with Ryan Pepio last year when he came up, it was an 80 grade changeup, and I was so excited about this. I thought, oh my gosh, Ryan Pepio, oh man, this is going to be so good. However, he just could not throw the thing for a strike. It was a 44% strike rate. Despite 26% usage, he just couldn't do it. Uh, it, it, it was, it was terrible. Just, just the worst. PLV was 467. However, this year he completely fixed it. And now it's a PLV of 5.4, which is way above average. 67% strike rate on that. Also, his sliders improved. Higher swing strike rate on that. More strikes on that. The fastball has done effective things. 31% CSW is 81st percentile. I mean, across the board, that's good. And then pitching for the Dodgers is inherently a positive. You're in there for wins often. You have a fantastic defense behind you. So I just think that Pepio is in such a good situation that if you have him on your teams, yeah, you're going to start him against the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Tigers component um, is is a huge thing to rely on there, but Pepio I think has been really reliable in general. There's a guy in your questionable tier uh, that I wrote about today, uh, who who I'm super intrigued Which by, you want? <laughs> and I might start I might start in deeper leagues. I want to I want to emphasize in deeper leagues, uh, but Bailey Falter. Since mm. coming to the Pittsburgh Pirates at the trade deadline for Rodolfo Castro, which is actually a pretty good deal for the Pirates who don't usually make good deals. Um, but Bailey Falter, since coming to the Pirates, has a th- uh, 362 ERA, 1.15 whip across 37 and a third innings, 30 strikeouts, nine walks. Um, they have significantly dialed back the usage of his four-seam fastball. Oh, yeah. He is now throwing more sliders than anything. And then interestingly to me, they've added velocity on both his slider and his curve and reduced some of the the bite, some of the horizontal, the glove side sure. movement, yeah. um, which has not worked for the slider, which is unfortunate, but has really worked for the curveball, um, which has a 17.6% swing strike rate um, over those last three starts. And I'm just intrigued by falter with two decent breaking balls and using that four seam fastball less. Um, the results have been there. We've seen him kind of flash with the Phillies before that, you know, kind of fantasy usable 
skill set. Uh, and I'm not super scared of the Cubs right now. Um, you know, the way that they're swinging the bat. So I don't love it. I'm not telling you it's a smash play, but I'm intrigued by what Falter's doing. Um, and I'm intrigued by the possibility that he, you know, is a 2024 pirate rotation guy. Um, and with some tweaks, I think could be somebody we stream in fantasy leagues. Yeah, I can see that. Billy Falter is someone who never really had anything exceptional inside mm-hmm. of his repertoire. Um, has always been kind of a best of Toby, had a good run with the Phillies last year when he faced bad opponents down the stretch, right? And Bailey Falter, I think the biggest knock I have for him is his last four games have been 4.2 innings, 3.2 innings, 3.2 innings, and just six innings. And even that six inning one, it was 67 pitches. Um, the previous two starts, he actually had an opener for. It was really frustrating, only through 43 and 44 pitches. So I, I'm a little hesitant to go too heavy into Falter in the short term just because of that pitch count. For sure. Uh, and same time he was throwing over 80 for four straight games before it so maybe they are returning back to it i mean maybe he went six innings and he could have gone 80 but they just decided after six but that was good um the one thing i also did like as you mentioned they're reducing the fastballs uh in a favor more breaking balls with falter and i dig that i think he can be effective decently above the zone he's not really this overwhelming 14 15 swing strike rate guy in that fastball but we've seen times right. like 10 percent um, 11% in the past and it's fallen this year, but maybe if he is having that approach of reduce the fastball usage, just get it upstairs and then rely on that slider and curveball inside the zone to get your strikes like it was last time. Yeah. There maybe could be something to that against the Cubs. It's a little risky just because the, the reward isn't that high. I think with Bailey falter, yes. not to mention the Cubs are more of a winning team. So you already have a depressed win chance already. So I'm not super enthused, but I had a questionable start because there could be a quality start there uh, with Bailey Falter. Yeah, and I and I don't love I don't mind him following an opener because you can get sneaky wins that way. Again, your point though on the Pirates, you're not really getting that many sneaky wins yeah. uh, to no, begin it's, with. It's kind of hard. <laughs> um, yeah, but know. I don't I don't mind it as much. Um, but yeah, he went six last inning, oh, last time out. So maybe you get five, maybe you get six out of him. Who who knows? Pretty Again, cool. in the questionable tier, you're not you know. You're not yeah. loving it, but well, maybe you're so- holding your nose and doing it. Yeah. Oh, like is Javier Saad gonna have his cutter again? It's been two starts now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I wanted it to be a thing. I kind of wanted to believe in it. I know. Um, and then it it uh, and you don't want to say, oh, it's just Coors the last start because the start before the Coors it's start not, wasn't it, good. I look at the skills still, right? And yeah. uh, as you know, and the the hard part about also this article specifically, I'm going to mention it later on and complain, and I'm so sorry, is that how I feel about Assad for his last start is so highly dependent on this next one and the one after. If he has his cutter for the next two, I'm going to be much more encouraged in that matchup for Assad at the end. Yeah. So right now I'm just doing this complete shrug because I don't know which way it's going to go. That's why it's October. Mm. Wednesday, September 20th. <laughs> um, another full slate of games, 30 arms on here. Uh, a much more robust Auto start tier of eight oh, yeah. pitchers. Um, what is this day called? What month is this day? Yeah, Why? I would say I'm just going to give it my favorite month of the year, um, mm. which is which might surprise people. It's March. Oh. Um, and the reason for that is because it's the month of hype. It's the exciting month. I absolutely okay. detest the winter. I hate it. Even though it's the off season and stuff like that, there are that benefits. I don't sleep during the off season. I got so much I got to do to prepare anyway. And I hate the cold. It's a prison. I don't get to go outside and, and and enjoy, and it just feels, ugh, everything just gets stilted in the winter. You're not a winter so, sports enthusiast. I mean, I just no, I just wanna, I just wanna go out and play baseball. You know, okay. that's how I always felt. And 
Uh, when it comes to March, you have baseball coming. The, the the weather's getting nicer and maybe you can go outside and enjoy, you know, working on my laptop at the coffee shop nearby. Uh, we have March Madness, which is the best. the best. I have my finals for the, the team I coach. And yes, I am that arrogant to say that I make the finals. So I'm expe- expecting that one. I get to see everybody with tout wars. I get to, it's just the excitement for the entire year is March. And it's the ultimate hype month to me of just getting yourself out of the the dirge that is winter. And there it is. There's March. It's beautiful. Love beautiful. it. Beautiful. Bring back this, this like hand reaching down into the hole. And, and which of these arms makes you feel most Marchish? Who's the who's the arm that's most kind of exciting to you? Obviously, you got the you know your Kevin Gospins and George Kirby's and Kodai Senga's at the top of the list. But is there an arm that stands out to you that that on this day you think uh, you're anticipating a strong performance? Well, you know, it, it sounds like Sean Connery saying Strowman's name is what you just said, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there obviously the auto starts massive. You have Yuri Perez at the end of that, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that the, the problem starts here. I What I did with these tables is I highlighted some in green and some in yellow as just like, hey, these are interesting ones that you might actually be able to find on your wire or just might be something you can target and circle. And you have Bailey Ober against Cincinnati in Cincinnati, which I think some people will turn away from. But we've seen that the Reds are actually not that good in Cincinnati um, to the point that we didn't want to distinguish between um, on the road Cincinnati and at home Cincinnati because they just weren't really much different. Um, so Bailey over there looks really good. Jameson Tyone gets the Pittsburgh Pirates and he's had a much better approach. Um, I've been able to talk to him about this and he's been like, yes, I want to focus differently than I have before. And it felt a lot more myself as of late, which is really cool. Um, but you also have great ones like Aaron Savali gets the Angels in here. You have Lucas Giolito who just dominated and he gets the Royals. Seth Lugo has been the Toby of the year. You have Cal Bradish, even though it's the Astros. Ah, you're doing it as Bradish and Michael King who's just a can continue to do what he wants to do you know I mean, there are so many exciting ones you have even wade miley hey you know what there's a nice toby play against the cardinals just go ahead give me a nice i don't know six innings of 200 runs or five and one and run like whatever we'll take it we'll s- give the thumbs up and smile like it's an three strikeouts game. two walks what you're gonna well, get you know you're not there that's for the, the miley line that's okay? true you know just like with taj bradley you're only there for the strikeouts this is where you're not there for the strikeouts. yeah I'm glad you brought up Giolito. He was actually another guy that I wrote about today. When Cleveland picked him up off waivers, we all kind of assumed, oh, Cleveland, smart organization. They they see something. There's something they can tinker with. Um, And what I was intrigued by is that his slider has been changing since coming to Cleveland. So when he was at the Angels, he was throwing at 85 and a half miles per hour. Um, Over the last two starts in Cleveland, it's averaged 83 miles an hour. And the release point, the horizontal release point on the pitch has changed. Um, If you kind of do like when I did for the article, a little Brooks baseball comparison, the overall movement and the release point on the slider seems to be mirroring what Giolito was doing with the slider in the beginning of the season, the first month of the the season. Um, And then it has drastically changed. in his White Sox career and then more so when he was with the Angels and the Guardians, whether it's the Guardians or whether it's Giolito just saying, I'm move, I'm going back yeah. to, to something, um, the slider seems to be going back to a version of the pitch that was, I mean, March, April was the best month for his slider. So the fact mm-hmm. that he's throwing it um, at the velocity and at the release point that's more similar to that, um, I find I find intriguing because his four seam is still really not that good. So getting yeah. a slider... With that changeup, 
um, will help, you know, carry him through games because he's still still going to give up home runs. He's giving up tons of home runs. Yeah. So I that's an interesting point about the, the slider. I really noticed that I, you know, when you think about Giolito over the years, what, what would you say his best pitches? I always go to the changeup. Just off yeah, the right. top of my head, I always go to the changeup. Yeah, absolutely, right? It's this, it's this changeup. So through the year, though, it's only been a 27% usage. However, mm-hmm. his last five games, four of them have been at least 40% usage of this yeah. changeup. It's 47% in the last one. And he's really done the Blake's on blueprint with us. Um, the last start, I mean, it was, it was magnificent. It was all changeups down and four seamers upstairs, um, which, is, which, which is kind of funny because I've been saying this about Giolito for years, that this is what he should be doing. He's always done, you know, when it was with the, the White Sox, like the three, four year race seasons or whatever. I always called it the Nile uh, with his four seamer in changeup. Neither one was necessarily high or low. They just always were middle and just down, just never east west game, just north south, red and green all the way through, right? Uh, but now he actually has separation where it is green is down, red is up, green being changeup. Mm-hmm. And sliders are there to help. And it's nice. I, I'm a fan of that 67% strike rate last start on a slider with 18 thrown. Love to see that. I don't need that to be the big pitch. I need it to be the changeup and hopefully right. the fastball too. Um, and uh, it went down a tick uh, to 92, but because it was such a good pitch separation, I'm okay with that. So I've been saying that Giolito's skills have actually been really good for the past month and his results just have not followed. I mean, some games are like, okay, you deserved. There, there was, the, I think there's a game against the Angels or maybe it was the Twins. I can't remember which one, but it was one where he, I got to get a term for this. There are guys when they are off in their command, um, it was against the Twins, um, where they're either way out of the zone or they're right down the middle. Like there's no middle ground, right? Instead of doing the good donut, which is around the edges, you just can't, if to or throw a strike, it has to be down the middle. Otherwise, you mm-hmm. can't do anything. And I remember that mentality as a pitcher at times where it feels like that. It feels like I will not get a called strike. They won't swing at anything unless it's right down the middle. And, oh, it's the worst feeling in the world. And that's why you had that nine-run game against the Twins. But otherwise, I think his skills were good. So I'm in on Giolito. I think that this should be a good month for him. Fingers crossed. I hope so. Um, you know, mainly because I just put it out there in the world. And so hopefully there it, it doesn't uh, blow up my face. Exactly. Uh, Thursday, <laughs> the 21st. Um, mm-hmm. Smaller slate, 18 pitchers in total. Um, seven auto starts. Nine, if you include the probable, which means um, half of these arms you feel pretty confident in. So what's this month called? Or sorry, what's this day called in terms of months? And why is it called that? Absolutely. I, I've got to go on for this and I'll tell you after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so this month, 
Eric. This is Thursday on the 21st. This one is going to be August. And the reason for that is it looks like it should be good. You know, it's it's the summer. But it can be sometimes too hot. It can be a little too much. And you have guys like Max Fried. You're like, wait, Nick, he's seventh. Why is he seventh? You love Max Fried. Yes, but he has a hot spot on his finger. Is he even making the start? If he is, is Atlanta pushing? Why would they push him? So I have him lower than the other guys for this. Justin Steele. Sorry. Justin Steele. You have to say it like that every time. I sometimes forget. He just got blown up. And he's one of those guys I've called weird. I don't know if you followed this, Eric. There are certain pitchers over the year that I just call their success weird and doesn't quite make sense to me. Yeah. And often when that happens, it means it doesn't last. And all of a sudden, Justin Steele, with his wonky command, got burned with said wonky command um, with some terrible sliders in the middle of the plate last time. And even though it's the Pirates, and we're still going to do it, could be weird. And lastly, Clayton Kershaw, I want to mention in the questionable start tier, if he is pitching, the Dodgers likely going to limit him again, maybe four innings or so. Maybe it's five if he's efficient enough, but it's against the Giants. It's like, if you have him, you're probably going to do this, but it's also questionable as far as what their fantasy production is. Love it. I I, I have a lot of the names on here, though. Um, And I did want to ask you about one guy who we talked about last week. You hadn't talked Mm -hmm. about today. You see Detroit next to Luis Medina, and you think it's Detroit. And we've seen him pitch well before. You're still fully out on this version of this post IL version of Luis Medina. Well, the problem is that he doesn't necessarily go that long. I uh, the amount of innings he's produced since August sixth, he doesn't have a single game of five innings. Now he has been a follower, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just unless I see him properly starting, then I just don't think it's enough production, and it's also taking a chance on just what you get. Three strikeouts, four strikeouts, one strikeout, three strikeouts, three strikeouts. And then you have this 7K game that's nice in 3.2 innings against the Padres, which was weird and strange and not good command. I don't buy it. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, I I think it's, it's tough in this time of year. You see a, a pitcher who you've been in on earlier in the year. You see yeah. an offense that you're used to attacking and you think, okay, like I can roll the dice and it's important. Like Nick pointed out, that's part of the reason I wanted to bring up Medina is like, we can't, we can't really make those kind of like broad generalizations. Now we really need to dig into like, who are they in this? Who are you? Who are you in this exact moment? (laughs) Um, I've been a big Griffin canning uh, supporter fan uh, in the past. It hasn't really kind of come together for him. And, you know, this year, I think we're really kind of seeing the best stretch for him that we've seen in in a while. Um, And I don't know, like, I feel confident rolling him out there against um, the Rays. I know he's in your questionable tier, so he's on the fence for you. Um, The Rays are an offense that I respect, but maybe don't fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just think that Canning has that strikeout ability that, um, can give you the little like cherry on top of a of in your fantasy value right now. I know that it hasn't been great recently. Uh, you know, four runs and in six innings against the Tigers, and three runs and five and a third against the Guardians don't fill you with lots of happy feelings. But he's you know mostly putting up decent strikeout totals. Had good outings against the Mets and the A and the A's before that. I I can I can see myself doing it. If I needed, 
if I was okay with getting like a, a quality start with seven strikeouts, if that was okay for like my ratios or whatever, like I, I could see that in Canning's performance. Yeah, that, that's certainly a possibility. By the way, you respect but don't fear. They kill you with kindness. That is the raise. And and just there it is. That's what it is. Um, no, slider curveball changeup uh, is working for Canning. The uh, It's nice to see him pull back on heaters this year. Instead of going 40%, 50%, we're seeing 33% overall. Last start was 29%. And that means that he's getting enough out of his secondaries. That's really been the thing for Canning all year. As long as he has his secondaries that are getting strikes and it's at least two-thirds of the time, things are going to be pretty good for him. It also allows his four-seamer to become a, uh, a swing strike rate pitch, which I very much dig. He unfortunately has a lot of hard contact still in that pitch. 37th percentile in hard contact allowed on uh, his four-seamer. His ex will bacon on the pitch is 437, which I absolutely love because that's on contact and not necessarily just because he throws them in uh, three-ball counts for walks. So I, I I think there's still some risk here against the Rays uh, with Canning. He's not a good whip guy. That's just kind True. of how he is. Um, he's going to have an elevated hit per nine. It's 8.8 this year. In previous years, that's actually pretty much his career average. Um, and with that in mind, it means that he's likely going to give you, you know, I don't know, seven, eight hits or something like that on a given night with a walk or so. And that That's the risk that I see here is that you're not going to get like your six innings, five base runners, seven K game um, in all likelihood. So that's why it's questionable. He's at the top of questionable, really. I mean, it's Clayton Kershaw and then it's yeah. Canning. So I'm, I'm cool with it. But uh, he's not someone that I think, oh, yeah, no, I'm making sure I have him in my lineup. For sure. And I think Nick's point about the the questionable aspect of it is really just what do you, like, what do you need? What are you searching yep, for? Right. Absolutely. If you're searching for a win, if you're searching for K's, if you, you know, if your ratios are, you know, on the fence, you might not want to take gambles on, on some of these guys. Uh, we're back to a full slate on Friday, the 22nd. Uh, 30 arms out there. Pretty small auto start tier of only four names in a 30 pitcher slate. So what is yeah. this day called and why? What month is this day and why? Oh, man. Uh, this one is going to be September because I feel like there's a lot of random vacations in it. Um, and, you know, it doesn't really have the same punch, I think. I think we, we're kind of... September is the month, at least for us in baseball, is it's it's really slow. There's this other stupid sport going on. I'm almost distracted. But there are still exciting things here. And you get some vacations where you feel like, yeah, this is an easy play. So you've got all of that here in September. I love it. Um I I did want to ask you about our guy who I hinted at at the beginning, Sawyer Gibson Long. Um oh. Sawyer Gibson Long. <laughs> Tom Sawyer, Gibson Long. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was cool. SGL for the kids. S, <laughs> yeah, that's a G. Yeah, um, yeah. I watched a video of him talking about adding the cutter and the sinker this year. Mm. And he mentioned adding the sinker um, allowed his four-seam fastball to play up more in the zone. 100%. So I would, I, I would love for you as the pitcher mm. to just explain to people – a, what does that mean? Because I think we use that term a lot. Like it allows this pitch allows this other pitch to play up. To play up. Um, yep. And obviously he means also it literally vertically up in the zone. Yeah. But it doesn't always mean that. And what is the value of having a pitch like his sinker, which isn't particularly a great pitch in and of itself, 
but he as the pitcher is vocalizing that it helps the rest of his arsenal. Sure. So uh, what's actually kind of interesting with Sawyer um, is his sinker is actually a sinker. Um, a lot of times we, I, I used to purposefully distinguish between a sinker and a two-seamer because I distinguished them. When I mm-hmm. threw, I had my two-seamer and then I had more, the times when I would add more sink to it and get more on top of it and also put a little extra pressure on my left finger, or my index finger, left finger, my gosh. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, and then I, and then get on top of it more to, uh, to get actual sync on it. Sawyer's is a legitimate one. And, uh, that means that he actually has gotten whiffs under the zone with sinkers, which you really don't see much anymore. That's a lost art that died with Brandon Webb and what a guy he's still alive. He's fine. Um, but I, so I can understand there's two aspects here that, that Sawyer Gibson long could, you know, take advantage of that four seamer. One is if you're getting your sinker down and under the zone, as he does, then that means that you can spot a low strike for a called strike uh, with a four seamer much more effectively than than most pitchers. It also means that Sawyer Gibson, along as he goes inside against right handers and he goes off the plate, which is my favorite. Oh, every single pitcher should have a sinker to nullify against same handed batters. I, I just think that it's the easiest pitch to learn. Everyone should do it. Sawyer Gibson Long does it. Um, he actually does more kind of the called strike routine a bit, but that's fine. When he goes inside, this is what he's referring to, uh, and that ends off the plate once again. Think of it as a lane of a four-seamer that comes out of his hand. It's going in a certain direction, and the sinker moves away from it, and the four-seamer stays. And if you're throwing the sinker a lot, then they start to get used to when they see the ball out in this lane, then that means it's going to end over here. And then all of a sudden, it allows the four-seamer to play up because now it's harder to pick up that it's going to stay up there. And that's what uh, Sawyer's talking about in that regard. And that's why, you know, I do so much work on, on pitch mix and arsenal stuff, as Nick just pointed out, that sometimes it's really important to see just how these pitches play off of one another. And you may see something and say, Oh, that pitch, it's not that great, but it sets up other things. And that's why introductions of of certain pitches can make the whole arsenal better. Without a doubt. And what's interesting is, you know, talking to Kyle Bland, of course, our director of research and analytics here, he, uh, we were talking about PLV and it didn't really like Sawyer Gibson Long's changeup. And I'm like, oh, why is that? I think watching this, I'm like, this is an unbelievably legit changeup. And he goes, oh, that's because, you know, PLV incorporates difference between fastball. I believe Stuff Plus does too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what's interesting, this is actually the same thing that happened with Cole Reagan's because I actually love his changeup too and PLV doesn't like it. The movement profile is the same as, as their fastballs. So Reagan's and his four-seamer in the changeup versus the uh, the sinker with uh, with Gibson Long in his changeup, there isn't that much of a movement separation, uh, but they they do still get a lot of movement and they do have a good velocity difference. And honestly, the biggest thing that Yohan Santana will tell you about changeups, it's about perception and making it look exactly the same. And I think Gibson Long does a great job with that. I do have a little worry uh, about. Gibson Long having throwing too many changeups out of the zone and being very reliant on it. Um, he actually was more sliders against, uh, I believe, the Angels over the weekend. Um, that amazing 11K start, which is insane. Uh, I'm glad you all got him for him, though. Good job. <laughs> I'm glad we all did. Everyone here did. <laughs> yeah, we did. We we got him. You know, we got him. Um, but I uh, but that was more slider focus, right? And he's going to need to continue to do that. I can definitely see a low floor here where he's not getting those strikes on that changeup than being so reliant on getting that slider over the zone 
And then all of a sudden that gets hung and he gets destroyed off of that. So that is where it's not like, oh, we've got another Cole Reagans here or something. No, it's a wonderful matchup. And we're going to go for that. But I do recognize that there is still a shag rug here, right? This is a young guy with that floor, the young man's floor. That is what you have a shag rug, of course. And, um, you know, he's he's going to still be volatile likely before the end of the year. Yeah. Important to know that even when we get excited about a pitcher, it, it can be excited because he came from not being anywhere yeah, on, on people's radars to, to being a usable fantasy player. It doesn't have to be, oh, this is the next big thing. Um, right. And so when you're picking up Sawyer Gibson Long, you're picking him up knowing that you you might just be getting solid fantasy production, you know, through the rest of the year. And there could be some good starts and some eh starts. Yeah, we have like You're not two going for the huge breakout. It's, it's um, Oakland, and then we'll get to the next one later. Yeah. I, I want to just highlight one last guy because the Dodgers are doing it again. <laughs> um, yeah. And this time it's with Ryan Yarbrough, who uh, it, seemed like, it seemed like ages ago that he flashed this with the Rays. Oh um, but the Dodgers... Listen, they make simple pitch mix changes that have an impact on results, like saying to Yarbrough, hey, your curve is pretty good and it misses a lot of bats. Maybe don't only throw it to lefties. Maybe mix it in to righties, too. And maybe now it's your most thrown pitch. Uh, And hey, that change up, it's not particularly good. And let's throw it a little bit less. And now, you know, you can throw cutters and sinkers instead and, and mix in the curve. And you're seeing a, a, a big swinging strike rate jump with Ryan Yarbrough because of that. Um, there are some people who've pointed out that his extension and release are different. So maybe they're also, you know, tweaking a little bit his, his delivery itself, but this is a guy who is putting up more strikeouts than we're used to recently, right? Seven and four and two thirds against Seattle and then five and four innings, um, against the Nationals, and the Nationals don't really strike out a lot, so that's a solid outing. And he is—he's um, a follower, he's a bulk reliever. But on the Dodgers, that can lead to wins. And so oh I kind of like Ryan Yarbrough. He said nine games with the Dodgers. Ryan Yarbrough, the fratty pirate, right? And uh, by the way, Ryan Yarbrough is like my favorite player because he's the reason why Cole Reagans is starting now. Because he got traded away from the Royals at the deadline, so I'm just—I just wanted you guys to know that. Okay, he in nine games, he is four and one with two saves, and his PLV on all of his pitches is a five point four, and that is like top ten or something ridiculous. That is insane, and those and those nine games, quality pitch rate is over fifty percent. Over fifty percent of his pitches are of like legit PLV pitches. What is going on? And, you know, those are great points that you made. Um, the reason that he is here, I mean, keep in mind, he hasn't gone long. He hasn't gone five innings in right. any game. Only 31 innings in this nine nine appearances. One start of four innings. And I even did like, a, you know, rabbit quotes there, which is not what anyone calls it except me. I understand. Um, it's air quotes, guys. Um, it's rabbit ears. Okay. He followed last time. It wasn't yes. it wasn't Gavin Stone. I mean, he did eventually. It was three innings for Gavin Stone, but it was 4.2 innings of Yarbrough, which meant that he got the win. And it was 89 yeah. pitches worth. And I think it's a legitimate thing of they saying, yeah, Stone, you ain't that good. 
Let's give the real opportunity to Ryan Yarbo, and it's working. I mean, he didn't even throw changeups in that one, and it worked, and he's a sneaky play. So I don't know exactly how they're going to use him is the biggest I, question. But if he yeah, does he's, get that opportunity. He's followed in all but one outing since yeah. coming to the Dodgers. So I got my I got my fingers crossed that that's what's yeah. going to happen. And then, yeah, as, as you pointed out, like especially if you're chasing wins, it's when does he come in the game? What's the score right. of the game? How long does he go for? You All that stuff in terms of is the official score going to give him a win? But I, I think it's a solid, you know, uh, outing against the Giants team. That is a vulnerable offense that we can go after. Yeah. Absolutely. We're moving to Saturday. Woo. The 23rd. <laughs> um, Saturday, the 23rd. A few interesting names here, but what is this? What month is this day and why? Oh, man. Um, this is this is January. There's just so much to avoid here. Um, half of these guys are do not starts. And January to me, I think, is the worst month of the year. That's offensive because um, that's my birthday month. But well, that's okay. you know what? And you'd agree. So it's okay. You don't want <laughs> your birthday to come anymore, do you? I'm still okay. I still feel good. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a birthday. I'm a little I'm bit of a birthday diva. Now. I like to get my I'm, friends I'm, together I'm and hang out. 35. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm good. Let's just stay here now, please. Uh, well, I don't like January because it's now been like two, three months. Really, the worst two months are honestly November and December. But I, uh, but January, it's getting harder. It's getting more difficult to endure the winter. And also for me personally, because the launch of PL whatever is the is February. I mean, it's PLX for us this year. Um, it's PL 10. Um, if that January is always just a mad rush for me, 20 million things I have to do all this writing I have to do. I'm just completely like booked and swamped the entire month. And it, it's never I, I never look forward to January. I'm never like, oh, yay. No, absolutely not. So do not start, please. <laughs> well, it's a good run for us on this podcast. Yeah, we had together. a good time. <laughs> we had a good time. It was, it was, it was great. Yeah, um, you take I, the mic I do, and leave, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so good. Um, I do, I do want to ask about one pitcher who is in your questionable start tier. Oh, sorry, probable start tier. And I'm yeah. curious if you have any concerns about the slight velocity dip we've seen from Gavin Williams um, and mm. the swing strike rate, the swing and miss dip that a lot of people have talked sure. about. Obviously the, the, the outings themselves have not been terrible, right? In particular, his last outing was pretty good with seven strikeouts and six shutout innings um, against the Rangers, but the strikeouts have kind of washed up a little bit from what we were seeing earlier in the month. So I just want to mm-hmm. gauge your concern level with him. Yeah, so there was that uh, that knee injury that kind of scared mm-hmm. us, right? Uh, and I completely understand, like, oh, no, the velocity came back down. Um, it was 96 in his last start, and then all of a sudden this one was 94.3. But to me, it's not about fastball velocity with Gavin Williams. It's about breaking ball command and actually being able to get strikes with them, and that's what he did in the start against Texas. So that's what gave me the extra little deal breaker to say instead of questionable start we're going to push you into probable start as generally when it comes to development over time you make these small improvements to be more consistent at things like getting your slider and your curveball over the plate so i want to believe that he's taking small steps in that regard it's right at that teetering moment between the tiers because gavin williams ultimately is a cherry bomb and the orioles i don't know what to do 
starting against them. Like, is it, a, is it a scary offense? I guess, but it's not, but it is, but it's not, you know, I get like, I have my friend Shafiq, who's a giant Orioles fan. He sends me the, the gif of the Orioles mascot waving the flag every single time they win. He started doing that last year. So I, it's just, it's getting annoying. Okay. And, <laughs> and he tells me, oh man, like we can't hit anything. There's only one guy they can line up. Then the next night it's like, oh my gosh, we're all amazing. Then he texts me, oh no, it's just this one guy, you know? So I live through it through him and I know it. And I just can't tell you what that offense is going to do in a given night. So I'm like, you want Gavin Williams? You just had your breaking balls. If you have Gavin Williams, you're going to start him, I think, in this yes. one. And thus it's probable start. And the, the Orioles, important to keep in mind that like as these teams start to clinch and make the playoffs, um, especially if you're in a daily moves league and you can actually look, wait and look at the lineups or you can just get a sense of the the news and see who's going to play or not going to play. We're seeing it a little bit with the Brewers right now with Yelich, right? They have a six and a half game lead. Why rush him back when his back isn't good? So just keep an eye on that as you're thinking about um, starting some, some pitchers in some questionable matchups. Um, and we're going to move to Sunday, but we're going to do it after the break. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's where we're not at right now. On Sunday, the 24th, uh, we got a huge probable start section here. Um, and actually, 21 of the 30 pitchers on this day are potential starts for you in the questionable, probable, or auto tier. So what is this day? What month is this day and what? This is April because there's all so there's so much happening. Oh, you got a little bit of this. You got a little bit of that. You know, oh, is this going to be good? I don't know. Is this going to be good? Oh, no, I love this thing. That is April. It, it is budding. It is ready to go. And maybe you're going to get some showers. You're going to get them. But some of these starts are going to turn into those flowers. Mm. Everybody loves flowers. Everybody. Everybody. You know, isn't there like a football guy? Is there a football game named Flowers? I don't know. Zay, there's, there's probably a few, but there's Zay Flowers is the new one oh, on the Ravens. See? Yeah, there it is. Wow. Look at you. No. You football you football buff. Oh, man. no. Why would I ever do that? What have you done to me, Eric? This is no. all your fault. This is, is all your fault. Okay, Sunday. What, what do you want here? We got we got it. I realize we're at Sunday. We got like eight more go to go. Yeah, so we got it. I just want to I want to talk very briefly about um, JP Sears because mm. um, he He's kind of always flashed these in- intriguing stretches, um, yeah. and you're like, oh, maybe. Uh, and September has been good for him. And granted, it's only been three games, but it's the Angels, the Blue Jays, the Astros. Um, the strikeouts, he only has nine strikeouts combined in those yeah. three games, but he's also only given up three runs uh, yeah. in 17 innings across those games. Um, what has intrigued me is that from the start of the year, he has increased uh, the usage of his changeup every single month. Um, and he's now throwing it 20% of the time in September. Um, and it's been a really good pitch for him. Um, it, you know, it has reduced or has induced, sorry, soft contact. It misses enough bats for a changeup. It's not a huge swinging strike rate pitch, but I think it has become a pretty solid or it is flashing right now that it's a pretty solid comparison or uh, compliment pitch, sorry, to his sweeper. Uh, and I'm, I'm, like hesitantly buying in, not in the sense of like he's now becoming a thing, but I, I like it against the Tigers. Are we talking about Eric Lauer 2022? I could have <laughs> I could have sworn we were talking about Eric Lauer from 2022. 
I feel like Lauer had massive strikeout games those times. You're like, how is this happening? Well, he, well, he, well, you're talking about eight strikeouts against the White Sox on August 26th. From That's true, but that I I was ignoring like that start because it because it didn't help my uh, it didn't help my there point about him limiting enough. runs because I mean, he got smoked in that game. There it is. Uh, right. No, I understand that. Um, no, but JP Sears has reminded me the entire year of Eric Lauer from 2022, um, where we see these moments. I mean, his PLV is 92nd percentile in the majors, uh, which is still mind boggling to me. Um, and now he gets a really good strikeout or, or sorry, s- scenario where he could get a lot of strikeouts against the Tigers. This is the start that we've circled. And mm-hmm. I actually said in, originally when I started to do these in the beginning of September saying, look, Sears is going to have these bad matchups against the Jays and the Astros and you're not going to want to touch those. And then when he gets this matchup against Tigers, we're going to jump back in. Uh, I think this is actually one that you really want to go for. I agree. Um, we're going to move to Monday, the 25th. It's the start of the last week of the season. There's only eight pitchers. It's a super small slate. Uh, what day or what month is this day called and why? This one is December because honestly, it just kind of goes. It just like is. And it's like it's just gone in a flash. I try and do things every year. I, I, I notice this is like there are a lot of things we're preparing for the next pitcher list or whatever. And I just, you know, my developers are amazing, but nothing gets done in December. And I can never expect it to happen. And that's okay. But it's just one of those months. I, I'm a curmudgeon. I hate holidays because the, everything that's going forward just gets stilted and stalls and I got to wait longer. So that's Monday here because it's just a whole lot of nothing. And then like four really good days. <laughs> oh, like Gallon, Snell, Castillo and Webb in there. That's it. I get that. I, I, I yeah, I, th- I thought maybe you would have gone February, but that's maybe too easy because shortest day, it. shortest month. I'm not going to you know? steal your bit. That's true. Um, I, I want to ask you one question here, which is we see Eovaldi against yeah. the Angels. I don't know, it man. should be a matchup that we really like. What do you need to see from Eovaldi against Boston this week that, but that might make you feel comfortable? No? I mean, maybe if he, if he goes up to 75 pitches. Okay. But I don't expect it. I, I, I really don't. And I even I went back and forth on it, but I was just like, you know what? By this point, I would hope in against the Angels, like at least five innings and you're going to do it if you have him. So fine, he's up to probable start against the Angels, but hot dang. I mean, Evaldi was at 93.9 in his last start. Yeah. Not it. That's not no. it. I, I, I'm I sorry. I know that he's done well at lower velocities, but it is so I don't know, nerve-wracking. It feels so precarious, and we know this. And uh, yeah, it's it's tough. But hey, Angels, all right, what the heck? If he gets enough innings, then fine. Maybe. Grit your teeth, Barrett. Um we're moving on to Tuesday, the 26th. We're back to full slates. We're back to the good stuff uh, that that Nick likes. Uh, we got even some TBDs in here. I mean, just like some some surprises that are going to jump out at us. What is this day and why? This is November because it kind of just doesn't exist. Um, like November and the whole baseball thing is just like, what? That's a month? Like we do, it, baseball does not exist in November, say for like maybe one or two days, which is Gosman and Merrill Kelly, um, as that's the end of the World Series, right? And everything else is just you look at it and go, huh. <laughs> even in, even like the probable starts, I have like Logan Allen against the Reds and Michael King against Toronto, and even those feel like ah, Bobby Miller's in Coors, and George Kirby gets the Astros, and it, it's like well, <sighs> it's it's rough. That's November. Speaking of rough, your treatment of Alec Marsh is 
is just cruel. Oh my um, gosh! How many but, innings did he go? I know. How many innings but, did he but, go for but that's a winning actually, team? But that's actually why I wanted to bring it up because the last two starts, um, they've used him as a follower, and he's thrown eight and a third innings in combined in those two starts, but struck out eleven, given up just two runs. Uh, if that is how they're going to be using him again in a matchup against the Tigers, I feel like this could be a sneaky opportunity to rack up some strikeouts and get a win. No, I mean, listen, this I, is I a guy who look, he has um, a lot of flaws and I, and we've joked about this before where I'm, I'm not trying to sell you on Alec Marsh is a thing, but I'm trying to sell you on this version of Alec Marsh that throws his fastball less and throws his breaking balls more is intriguing and get strikeouts. And if he's going to follow for four to five innings against the Tigers, like if I'm in a deep league, I I'm, I kind of like that if I'm chasing a win, don't get bogged down by Marsh. Okay. Boom. Um, (laughs) No, seriously though, watching, watching Alec March pitch pitch, even in that game against the white Sox, it's a, it's a good slider at times. Like a lot of times I'm missing the middle, but then there were some perfect ones. And then everything else was just, Oh gosh, like him trying to locate a fastball. Are you kidding me? Through 24, four seamers for a 54% strike rate. It was terrible. Uh, I, I mean, uh, look, I get it. I see exactly what you're going for. And I can't lie with these, you know, these last two starts. Like I get it. I see why you'd be intrigued with it. And the opportunity having a follower can be very good because that means you're in the position to get that win. So five innings versus four innings doesn't really make a big difference as long as you still get five strikeouts or so. And you don't have the bad ratios and whatever. I get that. I just don't ever want to put my team in risk of Alec Marsh being there. <laughs> I mean, it was the, the three starts before against the, the Red Sox away, mind you, not in Fenway, in Kansas City, 2.2 innings of six earned runs. It, it's it's there. It's right there. And I understand, yeah, nine strikeout games before that. If you want to go for it, I get it. It breaks the Wasker Reno rule for me, where it's just a slider. And I think everything else is not very good. And it's too much faith in that slider. Fair. Uh, I we the where one where we differ is I think that there's something to the curveball. But you know, again, through six I, of I also, them in seventy four pitches last time. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That's why. I mean, he he. That's why he's inconsistent with his usage of it. I think there's something intriguing to it, but I Fair. agree with you that it's not fully there. Yeah. Um, also, I would never watch him pitch, even if he's on my team. Um, I I don't this watch. Is, whoa, whoa, you gotta watch watching pitchers. Is like, oh man, it changes everything, especially as a catcher. No, You'd be like, oh, I, I understand this guy now. Oh, I watch them after. If I if they're oh, starting on my yeah yeah, oh, yeah no yeah, no no, yeah, no yeah, I don't okay, I it's right. not good for my heart Nick it's not good for <laughs> my heart if I oh, if I have if I have them on my fantasy team and it is a start like if I'm starting Alec Marsh against the Tigers. I will just say, all right, I'm going to go to MLB.tv later <laughs> on or or tomorrow and I'll see what it looked yeah. like. But I can't yeah. sit. I can't sit through it because I'll live every pitch and um, it's just not healthy. Yeah, I get that. We're moving on to Wednesday, uh, the 27th, another full slate. Uh, there's a lot of intriguing names. There's some green hi- uh, names highlighted in the middle that we're going to talk about. Um, but I'm curious, what day? What is this day called, and why? Oh, yeah, this is this is May. This is a great time. You're just cruising. You're like, mm, I got some Ranger Suarez against the Pirates, and only why not some Resolson against the Royals and Brandon Fought against the White Sox? It's like everybody just collectively realized how nice it is outside. 
and you're just hanging out. You're just doing all the things now. And you want you want to go on Met Games? Sure, why not? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Oh, random friend I've never talked to for the past you know five ten years, but you know what? We both want to go to a game together. We're gonna to go to a game together. You know, that's May. That is Wednesday, the twenty seventh. New York, when it gets nice out for the first time after the oh. winter, it's like everybody loses their collective minds. Everybody's it's, it's just the best. out. You know, it, they act like they're just drugged up, smiling, happy, embracing everything. It's great. And it also, also the weirdness comes out too. Well, sure. But yeah. you know, we're, we're ourselves. That's true. We're our best selves. So there speaking of our best selves, if you had to, because I could see the case for all three of these guys, and I know mm. the rankings are like, you know, eh, we don't really want to pay attention to them. But do you have m- confidence in one of those three guys you mentioned more than the others? Yeah, Ranger Suarez. The guy's locked in. I know the velocity was down in his last start. It's the only the only real worry I have, and obviously this start next is going to be more uh, indicative of it. But when Ranger Suarez is locked in, he gets locked in, mm-hmm. and he certainly had his command. Oh my gosh! In that last outing, I could say maybe Reese Olson because he's been looking pretty good. Um, the problem there is that his changeup sometimes goes away, and then that means he's more dependent on the fastball inside the right-handers to get through. I get through games. Brandon Fott's just kind of there. I don't really like, like Brandon Fott is just, (sighs) it's weird, but I get it's the White Sox and he has a slider that works. So fine. I don't like the fastball at all. It's, it's actually the most disappointing fastball because I thought this was a fastball dominant VAA guy, like low arm angle, going to cruise the top of the zone, get a ton of whiffs there. And he just does not just does not. He's the third for me of, of that group of three. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather throw Olsen, I think. Um, yeah, and not I think I know. Is. I know I'd rather yeah. throw Olsen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just have a question for you because it's in his name, Reese. Are you a Reese's Pieces guy or are you a Reese's Pieces guy? Reese's Pieces. Okay, thank you. I, that's the only right answer. Reese's? It's not Pieces. As in like, yeah, pe- yeah, people call it Reese's. I hear people call it Reese's. But the name is meant to rhyme. It's Reese's Pieces. If it was yeah, Reese's, it'd be Pieces. So I think it's it's Reese's. I should know it's, it's Reese's Pisces, actually. Yeah. Reese's Pisces. Sure. Yeah. Um, we're getting to the end of it. It's Thursday, oh the 28th. Um, 20 pitchers starting on this Thursday. Uh, we have a pretty you know, solid five auto starts. Um, and then a real small probable start tier. So it's not a great day for guys you're confident in. But what is this day called and why? How many months are left? What am I, what am I not done? June and July? I probably should have been like keeping yeah. track and being like. <laughs> uh, I think this one's July because it's yeah. kind of like. And you haven't it, done February. And there's I July. Done February? And I don't think you've done. Uh, June or July. October. June, July and February. Okay. Yeah. This one is February then. Because. There's nothing to, I mean, sure, there's like the launch day and everything. There are things to get excited about, but it's still like, I'm not getting enthused by inherently it being February. I'm ready for it to be not February, you know? And uh, there's Carl Sredon, who's, I think, very interesting here against the Jays. Uh, I'm putting out a video, I think, tomorrow morning of Carl Sredon's start against the, the Pirates. And I put out a little video on Twitter today, but I'm very much a buyer of what he just did. Um, last two starts, his velocity is finally above 96. And it was 96.5 in his last one, which is highest of the entire season. 
um, beating his previous high, which was the previous start. Um, and not to mention also working his secondaries a lot more. Uh, we saw some changeups and curveballs in there too. And I know it's the Jays. The Jays aren't as scary as they used to be. The Jays are weird offense. Like, Vlad isn't as amazing. Boba Shutt's kind of weird. And Drew Springer isn't. What, what is that offense? Um, so I'm, I actually was tempted to put him in the probable start for that one. But I get that I don't know what his next start is yet. So I don't know, like, if Carlos Rodas still has his velocity in between uh, his next start and the, or between now and that Toronto start. So he's unquestionable, but he might be improved to probable by next week. Do you think that he's relying more on his off-seed pitches because his fastball has an 18.4% barrel rate in this month? Yeah, I think I think it actually goes hand-in-hand, hand, though. Um, Rodon tried to do everything with his fastballs he had in the past, but mm-hmm. his fastball hasn't been as good yet. He hasn't ramped it back up. And he did a really wise thing, I think, in his last start of utilizing those other pitches a little bit more, um, especially later on in the game. Uh, so, for example, we saw, you know, 6% curveball usage went up to 14%, which is really cool. Um, and then changeup usage doubled as well. Um, and pulling back the fastball a little bit. I mean, still, you know, 55%, not 60%. Um, but at least mixing it a little bit more of those early uh, curveballs too. Uh, you know, 19% overall swing strike rate in that game. I'm sure it was the Pirates, but still, you have to do that against the Pirates, right? Yeah. And I I think that Rodon should still be fine at 55% four-seamer. Like, that's important to him. He should be doing that. I think the velocity is a big part of that, too. Um, but he didn't really have the other stuff to rely on. And without that, then it means that he's throwing worse fastballs that batters can then sit on and make the medium ones easier to hit because batters are ready for it. Yeah, I see the case for starting him. I, I'm definitely a little more cautious than you are. Um, the velocity is is crucial, in my opinion. If it if it is up again, I think that really does help the fastball. Um, the fastball has been getting pummeled, um, and you know there there are some issues where if you're looking at either Brooks baseball or Statcast, the extension, the release point kind of has been changing game to game on the fastball, which could be just tracking it could be guy coming back from injury and trying to kind of really feel like himself again article yeah um, <laughs> guy coming back from injury um but I, I i think this has the potential against the jays to be one of those starts that's like five innings four runs and you know you're oh sure not loving it um i understand questionable start right yeah um and I think if if we see a good start this week for Radon, then I would feel more comfortable against the Jays. Can I ask? And they'll move no. to the weekend. Okay, <laughs> well, let's move to the weekend. Um, what is with guys like Rodon who come back from injury, have an abbreviated season, don't pitch particularly well in that abbreviated yeah. season? What is your comfort level with them going into the next season? Do you like need to see something in spring training, or are you a believer that? With you know certain number of innings under their belt, they'll just get back to you know pitching like. So actually, I think that's what we're seeing now from Rodon. This is a part of the reason why I'm as excited as I am at the moment because I think it was just kind of inevitable. Um, considering also that his velocity on his fastball is 95.5, which actually matched what it was in 2022. Um, so I think it was just kind of a matter of time before he finds any sort of groove. And I think, considering how much of a lost season this has been for Rodon, mm-hmm. um, if we do see him perform at this peak throughout the end of the year then yeah i'm so very in um for carlos Rodon next year also with guys like him spring training is a major factor right you, you see this all the time like we have ideas and maybe they're gonna be good or not 
I talk about it always. I always get ahead of it. I'm saying like, all right, spring training is going to get them hyped. I mean, oftentimes it takes until the last week of spring training for them to look like themselves. But if you remember Rodon in 2021, um, or actually even 2022, when he bet on himself um, for a year uh, with the Giants, he uh, he was looking amazing out of spring training. I mean, he really just looked insanely good out of the gate. And I was like, yeah, why all the worries we had about the shoulder, I think we shouldn't be in on right and yeah he gave you what 130 innings 140 innings or something like that and it was dominance so i don't know i think over time i i'm in i'm a fan of this and generally you see that from guys especially if the velocity is still there and that's really the biggest thing i do want to mention again right if the velocity is still present yeah you should be banking on those the rest of the skill in the field to come back Good, good things to look for, and I think that's important. Also, for those of you who maybe got eliminated in your fantasy playoffs or whatever, there's still valuable insights to be picked up if you're watching mm-hmm. pitchers this late in the season. Things that you can utilize. Podcast, you know, or, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just downloading, listening, getting insights into Nick and what months he likes. There um, is. We're moving to Friday, yeah, the 29th, uh, final weekend of the season. We've got some interesting green in there. Um, what is this day called? And why is it called? This that? one is going to be July because I, there is a break in here. You know, there is a, there's some space between the ones that I like. And that's July. F- uh, yeah, the All Star break, I should say. Um, and it kind of messes everything up. And honestly, a lot of people are gone by now, which is Friday. Uh, and a lot of people are just giving up and they're not moving on, they're not doing anything. And it's really annoying because fantasy football exists. And that's when everyone leaves is the All Star break. And I hate everything. So uh, that is Friday the 29th. Good. Great. Great. Got it. Um, (laughs) I want to ask you about a pitcher who's on this list in the questionable start who Mm. threw again today and also wasn't good. And his name is Kyle Wright. I was about to say it must be Kyle Wright. Yeah. Um, And he threw against the Phillies again. Four innings, five hits, four earned runs. Four walks, five strikeouts, three homers allowed. He did throw 78 pitches. So Mm -hmm. we're ramping back up, you know, above 80. He's got another start here um, before this final weekend of the season. So Kyle Wright um, actually ends with Washington twice. So he has not looked good in the two starts since coming back. Does that Obviously, you haven't watched him tonight, but does another poor start make you less confident in rolling him out there against the Nationals? Or now you see him up at 80 pitches and you're thinking maybe he pushes 85-90 and you're intrigued by that? First and foremost, this Phillies-Atlanta game, the real story here is Zach Wheeler coming through for redemption. Good job, buddy. Good, good job. One and around six innings. That's exactly right. That's what aces do. Okay. Um, Kyle Wright actually much better curveball I'm looking at here. Uh, I'm excited to see it in action. But it looks like he got the pitch low a ton and actually located fastballs well. Phillies are in elite offense. That's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, there is a worry that I've constantly had about Kyle Wright is it kind of does break the Wasker you know, rule too of just having a really good curveball and the other stuff isn't that great. It is the Washington Nationals. It is pitching for Atlanta where you have a higher win chance. It is in front of, in front of a great defense. It is a really good situation to be in and I put him here as a questionable start because I imagined he would be better over time. And he didn't, it seems like he did find his curveball back, which is everything to Kyle Wright. 
So I'm a little more encouraged actually at the very first glance. Obviously, I'm going to you know watch a little bit too um, to just get a sense of that. But this is more encouraging, and actually, I think it's a very sneaky play if he's still out on your wire right now for even the next one against the Nationals. Love it on the on the fly insight based on games <laughs> happening at the moment. Um, you don't get that many places. Moving to Saturday, the thirtieth, um, we've got a robust probably start tier auto start tier and probably start combined for 13 of the 30 arms that we will see on saturday what day this day is called what and why this is june june's great man i love june you know it's never i mean sometimes it's a little too hot but it's not like overwhelmingly hot that's july and august and new york in july and august is not good like it is so stupid hot at times and it's (laughs) you feel the cars stuff in here it just it's not good but June, June's pretty dang cool. And uh, it's when everyone's really like, okay, you know what? It is yeah, summertime and we can uh, maybe go off and have a lovely weekend or something. It, it's it's a great, great moment of the year. And yeah, you have so many good starts here. This is a really, really lovely day this Saturday. I heavily recommend chasing this day and not Sunday because Sunday you have no idea what chaos happens. Yes. Absolutely ridiculousness on Sunday. Is there a start that stands out to you? Because you said you have a couple really nice starts on here. And I'm curious. I mean, Christopher Sanchez is going to be kind of sneaky. I don't expect Mm -hmm. him to do well against Atlanta. He did well last time with 10 strikeouts. He had an amazing changeup and not a good slider, but amazing changeup. And I imagine it's not going to work a second time. Some people are going to be discouraged and you might be able to sneak in this start against the the Mets because of that. I'm very curious to see how uh, Shane Bieber looks. Shane Bieber is returning from the IL later this week. And I mean, I saw in AAA that he was sitting 91, not good, but he had slider whiffs. Uh, this might be something where you might be able to still pick him up and sneak in this start against the Tigers. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, you have also Cutter Crawford as a sneaky play against the Orioles, especially considering it's the day before the end of the year and the Orioles might be taking it easy um, on that Saturday uh, before, you know, they are going to run away with the AL East and all that kind of stuff unless the Rays have anything to say about it. So they must they might be just comfortably done. And Carter Crawford might get an easier lineup to face as well. I'll add Clark Schmidt's name to that. Mm. Um, been inconsistent. Um, you know, I, I, we saw he's been tinkering with the sinker a little bit um, and that sweeper throughout the year. We saw a pretty decent stretch, um, you know, at the at the end of August, um, there was a one really bad blow up start in there against Atlanta, but a, a run of, of pretty solid outings. He's kind of fading a, a little bit down the stretch here, um, but I, I'm intrigued enough by him in, in deeper formats against a Royals well, option uh, offense. One thing to consider here: that last start against the 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 Red Sox that is pretty much like the really only bad one, say for that. Okay, Atlanta, whatever. Yeah, I'm um, sure against Detroit, not the best, but seven strikeouts still on that one. Um, he got pushed back because of post moments two straight days. Mm-hmm. That messes you up. And yes, it's sure. elite inside of Fenway. Uh, like going against the Red Sox in Fenway is not a fun time. So all that combined, I can really in many ways just write that one off. And I think against Kansas City, I mean, he's been pretty much gold for you guys uh, the last three months. I say you guys because I didn't go after it like a fool. Um, so I think if you had Clark Schmidt, this is a pretty clear outing. 
Done. Sign up Clark Schmidt. Get him rolling against the Yankees team that now Yankee fans think they'll be playing for a possible playoff spot. Not um, a chance, guys. Ro- Come on. Please. The roller coaster ride of Yankee no, fans. No, no way. No yeah, way. I, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing on the streets, Nick. Oh, on the streets. That's what I'm, he- what I'm hearing on the streets. Okay. Okay. Uh, the last day of the season. Uh, it's October 1st, so this one doesn't get a month because it's a day that uh, we're, you know, ignoring. It's the leap year. It's the day. leap year. It's the yes. It's the leap year day. Um, <laughs> there are there are some intriguing n- uh, names on here. I did want to point out since we were talking about guys um, starts that happened today. Uh, the Reds called back up Connor Phillips. Um, he started today against the Twins and looked pretty good. Um, he did get the win. He went seven innings today, uh, gave up just three hits, two run runs, one walk, uh, seven strikeouts. He had a 25% whiff rate, 31% CSW. It was essentially all four-seam and sweeper because that's Connor Phillips right now, four-seam and sweeper. Um, I know he couldn't really throw the sweeper for a strike um, in his earlier outings. 55% uh, whiff rate on it against the Twins today. 54% CSW. Obviously, mm. I have not watched it. Um, but that is intriguing to me. And, you know, against a Reds team that could actually be fighting for the playoffs, facing yeah. the Cardinals on the last day of the season, a Cardinals team that will not be playing for the playoffs. Um, I, I could see a sneaky start where like maybe the Cardinals are not playing a full lineup and the Reds need that win. And then again, if the Reds need that win, they might not be leaving a rookie starting pitcher in for too long. Um, But, but I'm intrigued by Phillips's raw ability and I'm just happy that the dude threw well tonight because um, he's a guy I think we could be talking about a lot next year. So uh, first and foremost, the SP roundup will be him as the lead. I'm curious if you can figure out as I ramble about Connor Phillips, what you would call that SP roundup. And so think about that. Connor Phillips is the name. Uh, so what I like about Connor Phillips is that, as you mentioned in this one, 54% CSW, uh, agent for 24 strikes is a 75% uh, strike rate. And that is huge for Phillips. I mean, he really didn't have it in his last start. This one I'm seeing uh, that he got that low and did the four seamers upstairs, which is great. One negative, I don't think he has that much vertical break on this four seamer. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he was able to get it upstairs and only five for 61 swing strikes on it. Which is going to be an issue. There were 11 foul balls and 14 balls in play. I'm glad they went his way. Uh, that That's not true because it rhymes. It's true because it's true. And that is something that really sways a start. Um, this wasn't, to me, just kind of looking at it right now, I'm going to look at it more and you'll hear it in the roundup. I'm glad it went his way and he threw enough strikes to have the opportunity to have success. I don't think I'm going to be in on Connor Phillips because it does break the Wasker, you know, a rule as I don't think this is an elite fastball and it's just sweepers that we hope are good enough. Uh, I, it's just not the recipe for me for long-term success unless there's something else that changes here based on that lack of uh, whiffability on that four seamer. Just pouring cold water on my, yeah. what do you uh, got my, though? My possible Connor Phillips thing. I, I'm just in my head. It's like, fill your, fill your cups. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, I don't, I don't think I have a good one. I, right. I would, it's gonna, it's gonna, I got it ready. It's what already it? been submitted. Justin, it's Connor roll. Oh, I like, like the it. honor roll. Yeah. Like yeah. the honor roll. Yeah. You would know that you would be right there with that. Yeah. You know, that's good. You mean because I was on the honor roll? That's true. I was. Thank you. Oh Thanks yeah. For yeah. That of course. Up. Yeah. You also yeah. decide, you know, no, you don't decide, but you issue at the grades. I did. 
I did as a as a teacher. I did issue some grades. Yeah, <laughs> got some kids on the honor roll. Kept some kids off. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other pictures that you think we missed? Anything that you want to give the people in terms of just some some regular tidbits of strategy as you get into these dog days at hey. the end? Absolutely. So really the last couple days, um, if you guys know this, I try and go for a hundred streaming victories every year. Uh, last year, and that's pretty much every single day of the year I have to choose someone. So essentially I want to go 179 is the, is the goal at the very least. And last year I got to 99 with four days to go and I couldn't get the fourth one. I ended at 99 and 80. And that just should go to show it is so difficult to find a good stream the last four days. Uh, it gets harder and harder. Pitchers get limited when it comes to pitch counts. Pitchers get uh, relieved more often. They run out of gas more. They have random guys get replaced and they don't even make that start at the end of the day. It gets strange. So do not rely too late. If you're in making your moves in Roto, go early, not late in this stuff. If you're doing head-to-head, focus early in the week, not late in the week when it comes to that last week of the year. At the same time, you also do see things like Nelson Figueroa throwing that complete game shutout. And you get what you get over these rare starts from guys who get opportunities on the last day for not competitive ball clubs. Those are the weird ones that actually could be a massive shock. I remember Joanna Don doing amazing things at the end of 2021. Of course, creating adonament issues was my uh, SP Roundup one because the season was over. So uh, abandonment, I don't know. It's fine. And Kenny Rosenberg is someone that actually might be that as he gets the Oakland Athletics that day. And he's a Toby that has a really good changeup. And that could just all of a sudden be six innings of reduction out of nowhere. Um, Zach Thompson against the Reds. That could be a very deflated Reds team who are not in the playoff hunt anymore. And if not, Zach Thompson's the kind of guy that the Cardinals want to let go and see what he can do. Um, with a mini Kershaw um, arsenal of fastball, curveball, and cutter. Uh, there's also John Means, where the Orioles might want to push John Means one more to see to get him fully stretched out for the playoffs as he goes against the Red Sox, who just will not care on that last day in Camden. So there are a lot of really interesting opportunities, I think, if you look for it. Maybe Andre Jackson has that ridiculous one um, against the Marlins. I, it's the only one I highlighted in the red do not start for that one. But what you don't want to do is overemphasize the aces for your last day. Aces do not go and make ace performances on the last day of the season. They normally get you know, held back to like 65 pitches. No reason to push it more, they say. I'm all about in 2024 now. Happens all the time. So be careful about that and good luck, everyone. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, keep in mind also, as Nick pointed out, the hitters, right? The lineups. I know we like talking about pitchers here, but just keep, keep oh, in yeah. mind who's playing, who's hurt, who's not. You got to keep up on the on the news with that sort of stuff. It can help to make your start-sit decisions there um, even easier. And even so, when teams clinch, like the, the thing, when it's the division that's clinched, start the opposing pitching the next day. <laughs> we see that all the time. They take guys out of the lineup. Really be aware of that. Some streaming options might get better. If you want to say, you know what? I think the Twins are going to clinch on this day. Then you might want to go for the other guy the next day. Yeah, Verlander was solid today against the Orioles. Did they pull everyone out? I think. All right. I don't know. 
No, actually, they started pretty much their first lineup. At Rhino, Rhino <laughs> Hearn went five, for, Rhino Hearn went five for five. So great. Wow, yeah, that's uh, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you can follow both Nick and I on Twitter. Obviously, you know Nick is at PitcherList. As we discussed earlier, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Samsky NYC. Um, I thank you for listening to an- another episode of On the Quarter Podcast. Um, I am Eric Smolsky, the Pelican. And I'm Nick Pollock. What am I? I'm the lion. <laughs> Nick forgot his high school mascot for a second. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and yes, we will talk to you guys next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.